Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Coming up a little later on in the program, we'll get a review of Carnival Pride. Before we get to Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, don't forget about Cruise Radio News. It's our Facebook group. Just search Cruise Radio News on Facebook and uh, join in on the Cruise News conversation. A little this and that. All right. Standing by, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. Big news. Norwegian Escape officially... Norwegian Cruise Line ship. Uh, it was delivered. Pretty mm-hmm. exciting on the 22nd. And uh, it is NCL's largest ship, 164,600 tons, holding 4,200 passengers. And it only took about uh, 17 months of construction from beginning to end. Very nice. And we'll see it in Miami on November 9th. So looking forward to that for the christening with the godfather, Pitbull. So uh, that's going to be <laughs> awesome. Um, it's just so funny saying that. Um, switching gears here, Norwegian Cruise Lines, Norwegian Epic just cre- uh, underwent a massive refurb. What happened and uh, what did it get? Well, uh, and she's, well you know, she returned to service uh, October 19th. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in uh, dry dock for about three weeks. Um, she got some, uh, uh, I guess they really, you know, put some significant uh, money into the ship. Uh, they upgraded the entertainment, the dining, they had uh, technical uh, operations that were, were added, and, uh, you know, it's going to be exciting for people sailing in the Mediterranean, um, you know, coming up. Uh, as you know, the Epic right now is year-round in Mediterranean before she returns back to the U.S. next year, but uh, they added... Some new clubs, you know, the Cavern Club, um, you know, which which is where the Beatles, uh, you know, began in, mm-hmm. in Liverpool. Um, you know, they've got a new musical, uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, uh, on board, and uh, I mean, they've got some some nice. They, they made some nice additions, uh, you know, to the to the ship, renovations to their Trascaria, the Cagneys, La Cucina, which is their Italian restaurant, La Bistro, Garden Cafe. So uh, it just you know they made some nice uh, upgrades to make the, the the shipboard experience even better, and as you know, Blue Man Group is no longer on board. Yeah, it, we uh, we always like to talk about areas of mass congestion on cruise ships. Did does, is the flow pretty good on Norwegian Epic? I can't remember. Well, it it, it did have. Um, I mean, they they are notorious, uh, meaning NCL, unfortunately, with uh, areas of mass congestion when mm-hmm. you get into you know their their entertainment and restaurant areas. It just kind of funnels. All together, and it becomes very tight yeah. in those spaces. So to kind of avoid the traffic jams, uh, you know, you either go up and then across and then back down, or you go down, across and then up. <laughs> but uh, that that area does become congested because there's very little space for people to get around. Interesting. So it'll be cool to see what Norwegian Escape is like in that regard. Uh, switching- I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. We'll uh, I mean, we'll know, you know in a couple it, of weeks. It flowed, uh, the, the flow looked very well. You know, nice when I when I saw it in the shipyard. And uh, they definitely made some upgrades, and you can absolutely—it's—it's it's rare, Doug, and I wanted to point this out—that it's rare to, you know, uh, Frank Del Rio and Andy Stewart, you know, just kind of—Andy's been there forever, but Frank just came in. He's the uh, the president of the parent company of NCL, and without a doubt, you can see, you know, many of his touches, and it's very rare for a new head of a company to come in and have any impact at all on a new build. And, you know, he got into this, you know, in the middle of last year 
and uh, you can definitely see uh, some Frank Del Rio touches to the ship that uh, made some some improvements. So passengers are going to really benefit from it. Switching gears to Carnival Corp, they announced uh, a couple of days ago that they're going to be creating a brand unique to uh, to China. Give us more details on that. Well, it, it was inevitable. Uh, you know, it was a question of who was going to do it first. You know, who was going to partner with Chinese entities to create a Chinese branded cruise line. So, for example, we've got Carnival and NCL and Princess and Holland America and um, so it was inevitable to create a, you know, with so much tonnage heading to China to create a national uh, cruise line for China. Mm-hmm. So Carnival Corporation created their 11th brand, and they are a minority partner. They're only going to have 40% uh, of the company. Uh, 60% is going to be held between China State uh, Shipbuilding uh, Corporation and China Investment Corporation. So we're going to see a lot of acronyms uh, in the future in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dealing, dealing with, uh, with China. But uh, they're going to be you know, essentially you know, heading up the either construction and or acquisition. So we may see, uh, essentially, we might see some new ship orders from Carnival Cruise Line. Again, I'm just you know, surmising at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and possibly repositioning, uh, maybe this new company would buy some of their old tonnage, like maybe the Fantasy Class uh, for Carnival, and move that to start the fleet, um, you know, out there in China for you know the company yet to be named. But uh, it's it's definitely an interesting uh, beginning of of what we'll see. Uh, it, it should you know they'll, they're definitely going to need to start um, building new ships. the The ceremony was uh, was was done with the president of China. As well as the prime minister of, of England, and uh, you know, lots of new things, uh, you know, coming. But uh, they're they're very excited about the opportunity in China, as as we've seen with so many new ship builds going to the region. That uh, you know, hopefully this this will be the beginning of the new ship, the you know, the large new ship order for that area. And this way, it won't, you know, hopefully it won't have any future negative impacts um, on the U.S. Uh, cruise experiences. You mentioned that Carnival Corp is going to be a minority shareholder uh, holding 40% of the company of the cruise line. Um, does, are they still going to run it though? They are going to operate it. But, okay. You know, we're, we're still waiting. I mean, they, they haven't announced what the operational procedures. I mean, 40% is still uh, a tremendous amount. Carnival Corp does have the, the vast experience. Last but not least here, two celebrity cruise ships uh, are undergoing a refurb. One's happening right now as we speak. One of the parts of the refurb is they're removing the classic ocean liner venues from two of the ships, and it's got a lot of the maritime purists up in arms. What are your thoughts about this? The venues are very small, mm-hmm. and I'm, I hope that Celebrity slash Royal Caribbean will do something with the artifacts. From, you know, because I mean, they do have some museum quality artifacts uh, in these ships. I mean, I mean, I could tell you, my wife was involved with uh, Millennium, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, they were thrilled to find, you know, uh, artifacts from the sister ship, the Titanic, uh-huh. um, and that was the, you know, the, the the basis for the very first restaurant. And they found the um, wood paneling. Um, of of the of the ship in a flat in England, and uh, they had light fixtures, and I mean, so they've got wow. museum quality artifacts from these ships. So, uh, Infinity um, is is going to be losing the SS United States, which is the fastest cruise ship uh, ever built. Uh, it is unfortunately still in existence, 
but is in decaying and risk of being scrapped. So if you've been along the, you know, uh, the Delaware, you know, the uh, Delaware River off the uh, the coast of Philadelphia, you would have seen the SS United States, which is, you know, it, it looks like it could be heading to the scrapyard uh, finally. Um, and the uh, Normandy is uh, going to be removed um, on board the Celebrity Summit um, and replaced by uh, the Tuscan Grill. So there's going to be some some really nice enhancements. The suites are going to be upgraded on board the ship, Doug, and uh, both ships are going to have somewhat, you know, they're going to have a an outdoor uh, venue that they're going to they're going to call it the rooftop terrace, which uh, is going to be a really nice relaxing venue, and it will be the introduction of the outdoor video screen. So in a way that uh, they're going to be uh, princess sized, meaning. Uh, you know, the, the outdoor video screens uh, debuted on board Princess Cruises back in 2004 on Caribbean Princess. So almost every ship in the world now today is being built with video screens, and a lot of ships during refurbishments uh, do find places to add them. So uh, this way, you know, people can, uh, you know, watch, you know, different shows and programming and uh, enjoy it. And you know, these are very pretty areas, and it, it will greatly enhance the uh, passenger experience. We've been talking with Stuart Chiron, the Cruise Guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thank you, bud. Hey, my pleasure. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Every day, thousands of cruisers set sail to the Caribbean and are increasingly choosing their shore excursions through cruisingexcursions.com. Why cruising excursions? With prices up to 60% lower than cruise lines, around-the-clock customer service, and guarantees that give you a peace of mind, why not? So whether you're looking to zipline in Jamaica, snorkel in Nassau, or see Mayan ruins in Mexico, market-leading specialist cruisingexcursions.com has you covered. Book your family's next shore excursion at cruisingexcursions.com. So we always like to get your cruise reviews. If you have one you'd like to share, shoot me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Like Jonathan did, him and his family just returned from a seven-night Caribbean cruise aboard Carnival Pride out of Baltimore. And Jonathan's on the line this evening. How's it going, Jonathan? Wonderful. Great to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, offering to share your review of Carnival Pride. So before we step foot on the ship, let's take a step back and uh, talk about some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to sail Carnival Pride? Actually, we chose the Pride because of the proximity to where we live. Mm-hmm. And and also because we actually planned the trip to Disney this, this year. But due to the fact that we could cruise for so much cheaper... Uh, and the relaxation, of course, we decided to go with the Pride instead. Based on comparing Disney to a cruise, was it was a cruise like thousands of dollars cheaper? I would say with travel, since we're we're about sixteen hours drive from Orlando, mm-hmm. between the travel and 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 the money we would spend eating it, you know, on property and all, we probably saved about two grand. Oh wow, that's good. That's uh. Plenty of savings there. So let's talk about getting to the port. You're over in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and you had to head over to Baltimore. So logistically, how did you get there? 
Uh, it's just a quick trip right down 95. Uh, we're about 45 minutes north, and uh, we're only probably 15, 20 minutes off of 95 where we live. So uh, just hop on the interstate and head south. Did you keep your vehicle at the port, or did you use any uh, park and cruise lots or anything? Uh, we actually stayed at the port. We've parked there before. It's very, very efficient, super easy to get to right off the interstate. And uh, I think it's about 12 bucks a day for the week. Hey, so, that's not um, bad. You know, very easy. Yeah, very nice. So you get to the uh, Port of Baltimore and you go to get on the ship. How was embarkation there for you? The Port of Baltimore is excellent with embarkation. We've also sailed out of Port Canaveral, and we find that, and probably because it's so many, so much less people, but uh, we've sailed out of Baltimore a few times, and, and the embarkation was flawless. I would say from the time we were let in the gate to dropping off our luggage and checking in was probably about 30 minutes. Nice, nice. Very quick there. So you get on board the ship. What were your first impressions of Carnival Pride? Well, the first thing that we thought aboard the Carnival Pride was, uh, you know, welcome home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been on four Carnival cruises now, and uh, it just gives you that same warm feeling when you get on. We were very impressed with the cleanliness of the ship and the friendliness of the crew. Everybody seemed more than more than happy to help you along, and, and uh, we were really, really impressed with the ship and, and the way it looks for its age. So you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have, and uh, what were your impressions of it? Well, we actually booked a extended balcony nice. Ford. Our cabin number was 7161. We were on the seventh floor, starboard side. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we really liked it. Uh, we've stayed in balconies before, but never an extended balcony. I do think, though, I would not opt to pay the extra for the extended balcony again, mm-hmm. simply for the fact that, on the spirit class ships, which the prize one, you actually, if you're staying in an extended balcony, your your whole cabin is recessed into the ship a little bit, mm-hmm. and you actually look straight down. You can see the lifeboats below you, whereas if you go with a standard balcony, you're looking down straight at the ocean. So I think I would prefer the balcony room, you know, over the extended balcony. How about square footage um, with the cabin itself? Is that the same? This one felt a little more cramped, actually, but mm-hmm. I don't know the actual numbers. I would say if it does vary, it's very low. Yeah. You, you can actually tell walking down the hallway that the entire hall and everything is recessed in. Hmm. So it's not just the cabin is shortened. It's, it's the whole cabin is pushed inward some. That whole section of hallway is recessed into the ship a little bit. And they do that to make room for the lifeboats. But uh, the balcony was definitely bigger. It was about 50% bigger. You know, not really big enough to change your plans at all. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there was definitely more room out there for three of us to enjoy. Yeah, I was to say there was three of y'all. Uh, it was your wife and your your kid on this one. Um, how was it with three people in in that balcony stateroom? Was there plenty of room? And what did you think of the space inside? Oh yeah, we we actually spent quite a bit of time in the cabins relaxing. And you know, again, this was our fourth cruise, so we're kind of getting to that point where we don't have to do everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we spent a little bit of time, you know, relaxing. And really, there was no problem at all in the cabin. We had no cramping issues or anything like that. We we didn't mind it at all. Nice. Well, let's talk about the dining aboard Carnival Pride. Carnival Pride underwent Funship 2.0, I believe, a couple years ago, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's start at the top there in the Lido Deck area and kind of work our way around there for the Funship 2.0 editions, like the Guy's Burger Joint and the Blue Iguana Cantina. So what did you think about the Lido Deck food? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, because of the 2.0 upgrades, mm-hmm. uh, we never even had a chance to try the standard fare buffet food you know, such as the Mediterranean cuisine and the Italian, that that they always do the chef's choice. We just, because of Guy's Burgers in the cantina, we ate there every day. I did try the Chinese area there. 
it was very, very good. Better than your average Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't use the deli. We did eat the pizza. They have changed the pizza from what it was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not as big of a fan, but it was still very good, and we ate it every night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. And how about the uh, the main yeah. dining room? Did you go in there at all? Yes, uh, we ate the main dining room every night. We uh, had we started out with we were waitlisted for the early seating. And uh, we did not get that. We ended up getting my time dining, which was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we arrived every night for dinner at six o'clock, and we walked right into our seat. There was never a wait. Uh, it was it was very nice. Um, I will say that if you're looking for the uh, more relaxed pace, you know you want to definitely get the standard dining either early or late. If you go with the my time dining. Uh, it's very much like an Applebee's type type atmosphere, mm-hmm. uh, and it's very uh, you know one waiter and kind of rushed. So if you want to be more relaxed, you definitely want to go with you know the the early or the late seating. So what was your favorite meal in the main dining room? I'd have to say the the steak. Uh, we we tried the flat iron steak, mm-hmm. and uh, as well as the fillet and the ribs. Uh, their meat, their cut of meat was very very good. Um, we we thoroughly enjoyed the steak. I wasn't crazy about some of the odd choices on the menu, such as the Did You Ever choices and, and some of the cold soups. We kind of stuck to the more basic stuff, but it was all very, very good. You mean no frog legs or uh, cow tongue for you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no cow tongue. Uh, matter of fact, I went around the table and tried to get someone to try it. You know, no one was interested. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we stuck to the basics. <laughs> nice. And you were on one of the lucky cruises because you had uh, over a f- over five-night sailing, so you had lobster still, right? Yes, we did have lobster. My wife uh, is a big seafood fan. I am not, mm-hmm. um, but she did have lobster, and then she did very much enjoy the lobster. Yeah, nice. I I was on Carnival Sunshine a couple weeks ago, and we did not get the lobster. So I was like, uh, really? Yeah, because they Carnival now cut lobster from any sailings that are less than six nights. There, uh, yeah, that's yes. correct. So yeah. there's all that going on. Okay, cool. Well, moving on here, let's go to entertainment because uh, it is Fun Chip 2.0. So there is the Playlist Productions and the Hasbro Game Show and all that on board. So what do you think of the entertainment options offered? Uh, actually, we really enjoyed the uh, change. I know a lot of people have said they're not crazy about the Playlist Productions, but uh, we really enjoyed it. And the thing that really stood out to me right away was when, you know, in the, in, in the past, when you went to the lounge for the show, you would get there and there'd be a moment of bingo or 20 minutes of pre-show. However, when you got to the lounge early, there was already someone singing or a comedian or anything like that uh, warming the crowd up, and we thought that was very nice. Cool. How about the venues um, outside of the lounge, like around the ship? What did you think of the entertainment options there? We actually really enjoyed it. We tried the Red Frog Rum Bar, well, actually the Red Frog Pub. Uh, we really enjoyed that. They had a group in there called the Ooh La La's, and, uh, you know, they were they were pretty good. We, we enjoyed them. The EA Sports Bar was very nice. I love the big TVs. Spent some time there. Um, so, all in all, the entertainment was very good. And, I, I, and one thing that I didn't think I would enjoy as much as I did was the DJ. The mm-hmm. usual uh, DJ uh, selections are, are it just the music was so much better on Lido Deck with the DJ. Did your son spend any time in Camp Carnival? Very little time. We mm-hmm. actually took him one day to drop him off for a little while in the middle of the cruise, but because it was the Dr. Seuss parade day, uh-huh. there was no drop off. It was only um, parents and kids alike in there. 
Um, but he spent about an hour there with my wife and did some trivia, and he actually really enjoyed it. I think if he would have spent more time there, he would have really liked it, but we just didn't have a time. The states are busy. Right. Yeah, very nice. Well, let's talk about the ship at sea. How did it behave at sea as far as passenger flow, both inside and outside by the pool? Uh, the ship uh, behaved very well at sea. Um, honestly, I kind of like the venues better on the bigger ships, but mm-hmm. I love the way these smaller ships act at sea. You know, we really had a um, really rough day going down because of Hurricane Joaquin, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of people were sick, and the ship was quite empty, to be honest. But by Tuesday, everyone was out. It was a full crowd, and you really never had to wait time for anything, uh, whether it's food or the water slide. Um, there was never really a line. So it does a very good job of keeping the passengers moving. One thing I'll say, we did more this time than we've ever done variety. This was the first time I'd ever done trivia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the first time we'd ever gone to any of the drawings for three glory and that sort of thing. These little things that I didn't think would be very well attended, there was people at all these things, you know, fully attended. And so the ship did a very good job of keeping everybody occupied and, and entertained across the board. Wow, so you were you were right in the middle of uh, Hurricane Joaquin there. Was it, I mean, how was it as far as, like, was the ship rocking and rolling because of the hurricane? Well, actually, uh, we sailed out on Sunday, and Joaquin was headed toward Bermuda at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the cruise just before us ended up with six sea days because of the hurricane. Oh. So we thought we were in the clear, but once we hit open water, it was rocking. I mean, it was the roughest cruise I've been on yet. My father-in-law was with us, and he actually sailed on the prod during Hurricane Sandy. Uh, and they actually sort of kind of got stuck in that storm coming back. And he said it was just as bad, or close to being just as bad as that storm was. It, I was doing log rolls in the bed when I woke up Monday morning. Wow, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> but all in all, it was, a very, it was a very good ride. I mean, it didn't last too long. I would say by about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It was much smoother. We had outran it, and uh, after that, no problem at all, smooth as glass. But it was a rough ride for about eight hours. Weather like that, for you personally, does it does it scare the heck out of you, or do you like the thrill of it? You know, it's funny you ask, because I've always wanted to sail through something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought it would be just so cool to, to ride through a storm like that. But Monday, I actually climbed up to deck 10, which is the sun deck, right at the bottom of the funnel. And I could see the front of the ship going up in the air, lifting to the left, coming down through you know the bottom of the wave, and then correcting itself. And just the sheer force of that water scared the heck out of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, I still really enjoyed the ride, but when it was over, I was thankful. And and one thing I will say, had they postponed or canceled this cruise because of the weather, I would have been very upset. Yeah. But going forward, if that ever happens, I will not question them at all. <laughs> right, right, yeah, totally. Uh, so let's move on here and talk about what ports you hit on the sailing. Uh, we actually hit, uh, let's see, Grand Turk was our first port, and Half Moon Key, and Freeport Bahamas was our third port. Had beautiful weather at all three. Grand Turk, we actually had did two excursions. We did the ultimate snorkel, and uh, we both booked back to the ship. Uh, which was incredible time. We had a I mean, beautiful fish and uh, lots of things to see. And the, the snorkel instructors were actually teaching us how to free dive. Uh, it was really neat. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we actually had a cabana at the uh, Margarita Pool. Okay. I'm sorry, Margaritaville uh, Pool. And uh, if you've ever had a cabana, I would highly recommend it because I actually enclosed 
it was air conditioned. And it, it was so hot there that I don't imagine we would have stayed out there very long without somewhere to go. We had hoped to go check out Jack Shack based on your recommendations, but because of the cabana, we stayed there throughout the day. And you can actually order food right from the cabana from Margaritaville, so it was pretty nice. Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, the cabanas, are those rentals through the ship or through Margaritaville? They rented through the ship. Uh, my father-in-law and mother-in-law actually rented it. I believe it was around $150 for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it's air-conditioned, and you can order yeah, this call button, and you order the barmaid or the waitress will come right to your cabana and take your order and bring your food to you. So it was very nice. They, they rented it, and you crashed it. <laughs> right, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, Happen Key, same thing. We rented a cabana there. Well, they, they rented a cabana there, which I, I'm sure you're aware Catherine Key cabanas are, are three sided. They don't have the enclosed door. Right. But we were we were very lucky to have that because a big storm came up while we were in port and it just came out of nowhere and it I mean it rained pretty heavily for about twenty five minutes. And I would say probably half the ship went back to the ship. And uh, we stayed in that cabana and, and, and after that was over the beach was very quiet for the rest of the day. It was very nice. What about Freeport? Freeport, we've done a few things there in the past. Not real impressed with Freeport, so we got off and shopped right there in the local shops and, and got back on board. Kind of hoped to treat it like a free day, really, but I think everyone else had the same idea. The ship was hopping that day. I mean, it, not, not many people got off and went anywhere. It didn't seem. Nice. Well, uh, in closing here, do you have any first-time tips for people who are sailing on Carnival Pride or doing the same itinerary you did? Yes, I would say definitely book the cabana at Half Moon Key or at Grand Turk. Because of the weather, the heat, it's a must-have. It's, it's so worth it. Uh, you also get priority tendering at Half Moon Key if you book the cabana. So I would definitely recommend that. I would also say don't arrive at the cruise terminal too early. The Pride is the only ship in that day. And uh, we arrived at 10 o'clock in the morning. We were actually second in line to enter the gate. Uh, we still did not board till about 1230. So you know, we, we got checked in quickly, but then there was a wait to get on board. Don't arrive too early. If you get there... Around 11, you'll be good. And then, don't, of course, don't miss Guy's Burgers or the canteen or the Dual Guana Cantina because uh, we spent most of our meals there. <laughs> nice. I guess the big question would be, since you were there so early, were you the first person in the Red Frog Pub? No, we were not. Uh. Um, I, you know, to be honest, we didn't even bother trying because there were so many people there that were diamond and platinum. Mm-hmm. And um, and also because of the Faster to the Fun, which was sold out when we booked. Lots of people had gotten on board. So by the time we boarded the ship, it was pretty well occupied. And so we we kind of went to do our own thing at that point. I didn't even bother trying. <laughs> yeah. If Faster to the Fun was available, would you have booked that? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and some of the people in our roll call that had it mm-hmm. uh, spoke very highly of it. So we're going to try from here on out to always look at that. Very nice. We've been talking with Jonathan. Him and his family just returned from a seven-night Caribbean cruise out of Baltimore on Carnival Pride. Jonathan, my friend, thanks for being on the show and good talking to you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.